Hi, this is Ashley, the host of Taboo and Murder. Because I've been researching some really heavy shit for months now, I decided to give myself a little break from the greatest atrocities ever recorded and instead focus on taboos surrounding sex. And I'm not talking about the stuff that we should be talking about to remove the stigma associated with sex and being sexual. That delves back into the patriarchy and features so much oppression. So I definitely plan to cover female masturbation, female sexuality, the Madonna whore complex, etc. But today, it's all about taboo sex. This is not an episode to shame anyone. I don't give a shit what one, two, three, or ten consenting adults do behind closed doors. I don't even care what they do outdoors, really, as long as my kids don't see it. That said, I'm way more of a prude than I would have thought prior to researching this topic. The human imagination is endless, as proven by this episode. Like, I've read stuff that I didn't even think could be a thing. Then I research it and find out hundreds, thousands, or even hundreds of thousands of people share in the same fetish. This episode will focus on sexual fetishes that you've likely never heard before. And if you have, good on you. You're adventurous as fuck, and I want to hear your life story, truly and without judgment. Also, I'm keeping the psychology to a minimum in this episode for two reasons. One, there's a ton of overlap with other sexual taboos I want to cover in the future, and I'm giving myself a light assignment, or said another way, I'm being lazy. So, I love me some pop culture references when I can think of them. Nip tuck. A dude has sex with the sofa. I believe he's like a doctor um, within the practice. Spoiler alert to a show that's like 10 fucking years old at least. So anyway, nip tuck. A dude has sex with the sofa while the doctors are out of the office. They catch him in the act and then they fire him. It's a goofy scene with no real further point other than to show that the patients are sometimes a bit crazy in their office. Also, um, on 30 Rock, James Franco, beloved James James Franco, why did you have to turn out to be a fucking perv? James Franco is in love, and not a perv because of this, a perv because he, uh, you know, his sexual assault allegations and um, predatory behavior toward 17-year-old girls. Look that up yourself if you'd like. My heart was broken too. So in 30 Rock, James Franco is in love with a blow-up doll. I think her name is Kimiko. I think so. Like, he's legit in love. He, Liz Lemon, and Kimiko, or Kimiko, God, I should have written it down, have a threesome. Their relationship, um, or his relationship with the doll, um, is to be covered up, which is kind of the premise of the episode. That's why Liz Lemon is involved, um, with him to be, like, the beard, essentially, um, so as to not out James as a freak. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, he does get outed anyway. I'm not, I can't remember though. CSI. I vaguely remember my first time being exposed to the baby fetish, like a decade or more ago, um, was catching some random episode of CSI. Is that still on? Are there 10 10 different like series now? I don't know. Anyway, it was 10 years ago, at least. I credit this moment um, for my interest in sexual fetishes, like exploring, you know, that that even existed. Um, So over the years, I've gone on to find that there are all kinds of adult themed, but baby scaled um, stores online and in person, like brick and mortar stores. So they'll sell diapers and cribs and pacifiers and like baby onesies, but like for adult sizes, it's kind of crazy. Who knew, right? 
So that's kind of a bad example because that is a subset of objectum sexuality, which is what I'm focusing on today is more like the object driven sexuality. Um, but it's been stuck in my head for over a decade. So it bears repeating. So object sexuality, heard of it? It's a syndrome that causes people to fall in love with objects and identify them as a gender, give them a name, and have what they believe is a fulfilling, loving relationship with these items. Yep, that's right. There are um, people that think that they're actually in loving relationships, not just like sexually, you know, attracted to them. Um, I have a list of, uh, I think, about 15 people throughout the world that have fallen in love with and in sometimes married inanimate objects. So OS is what the object uh, sexuality is often termed, and that's what people that identify use is OS. So that's what I'm going to, to use. OS is defined as a pronounced emotional and often romantic desire towards developing significant relationships with particular inanimate objects. Individuals with this expressed preference may feel strong feelings of attraction, love, and commitment to certain items or structures of their fixation. For others, sexual or even close emotional relationships with humans are incomprehensible and undesirable. Object sexual individuals, people who enjoy the company of and marry inanimate objects, also often believe in animism and sense of reciprocation based on the belief that objects have souls, intelligence, feelings, and are able to communicate. Objectum sexuality or objectphilia is commonly described as a pronounced emotional or often romantic desire towards developing significant relationships with particular inanimate objects, like I said. Um, for some who consider themselves as OS, thinking about having these relationships with another human being is completely incomprehensible. Instead, they form close emotional and even intimate relationships with their... Oh, okay. Sorry. said that one twice. So one of the most famous cases of objectum sexuality is that of Erica Eiffel, formerly Erica Labriere, who famously married the Eiffel Tower in 2007. Before meeting the Eiffel Tower, Eiffel was a world-class archer, which she attributed to her beau um, that she had named Lance and fallen deeply in love with. After that, she felt extremely attracted to an F-15 fighter jet. Okay, that's fucking phallic as fuck. Oh, man. I don't know, deep dive on that one. She is a strong proponent of the, her OS lifestyle, saying, I will tell you that I know love is being reciprocated, Eiffel said. I'm happy. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not hurting myself. I'm not being held back. I love my life. She's even started an online community for her fellow OS peers, which has stories and information for the 40 or so people who openly identify as objectum sexual. Oh, good on her. Own it. You know, why be ashamed by it? That's how you feel. You're not harming anyone. You're right. So you can see the first part of Erica Eiffel's documentary. Um, I will link to the documentary on Twitter at SM Taboo. A couple of other examples of um, people that also identify as OSs. So recently, a Korean man, Lee Jing Nu, married his Dakamurkura. Oh God, I do not know how to say it. So I assume that's um, Korean for body pillow. A large body pillow featuring the image of his favorite anime character, Fate Testorosa, 
For the commitment ceremony, Jin Nyu stuffed the pillow into a wedding dress and stood before a priest. Relationships with anime-inspired objects have become an underground trend throughout Asia. There's even an online petition requesting the Japanese government officially recognize people's rights to marry two-dimensional characters. A 27-year-old Japanese otaku, a term that roughly translates as obsessive or nerd, who goes by the username Sal9000, married character Nini Anagaski from the Nintendo DS virtual dating video game Love Plus. At his wedding, which he streamed live on the internet, Sal9000 wore a white tux and brought his portable video game console featuring Nain. After saying his vows, Sal kissed the bride in front of an online audience of thousands. It's online. You can check it out. Washington resident Edward Smith suffers from mechophilia, claiming he's had sex with over 1,000 cars since he was 15 years old. He says his current girlfriend is Vanilla, a white 1974 VW Beetle. He's not alone, though. 20-year-old UK native Jordan Withman is also in love with a white 1967 VW Beetle. Sandy K. from Berlin has been in love with the Twin Towers in New York City since she was 8 years old. I can see some heartbreak for her. That was a crass joke to you. You won't like anything else I have to say. Gallows humor. All right, Sandy in love with the Twin Towers. She couldn't pick one. That's kind of gracious of her. She had to love them both. They were equal. So she had a model made with a facade of anodized aluminum, just like the original towers, and snuggles and bathes with them. Oh, my God. About her unusual love interest, the 25-year-old said, When it comes to love, I am only attracted to objects. I couldn't imagine a love affair with a human being. Okay. Psychology student Bill Rifka is dating an iBook laptop computer. According to the 35-year-old, his computer is male and they are in a homosexual relationship, though he admits he's often flirted with many a sweet laptop on eBay and felt true desire. Doro B. fell in love with a female metal processing system at work. She has said the machine entices her with its sweet hum. While she has to keep her affection to a minimum during the day, she takes out a model of her lover at night, saying, That's not a substitute. It's more like a supplement. That's why it doesn't count as cheating. The model serves as a kind of fax machine that conveys my feelings to my beloved. Yikes. So thanks to Ranker, I also pulled these stories of people who have professed their love openly in the form of marriage. Los Angeles filmmaker Aaron Chervanik claimed he wanted to make a point about the emotional connection people have with their phones, but he was probably just sick of his parents bothering him about finding a girlfriend. <laughs> in the name of art, he eloped with his phone in Las Vegas at the um, Little Las Vegas Chapel. He explained, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we connect with our phones on so many emotional levels. We look to it for solace, to calm us down, to put us to sleep, to ease our minds. And to me, that's also what a relationship is about. In a sense, my smartphone has been my longest relationship. What a catch. I feel like that is, you could just say millennial, white, entitled, male, like millennial. I kid, I kid, of course. 
Joachim A. has a thing for the inner workings of technical objects, which is great since he works as a repairman, but not so great for his spouse, a steam locomotive. A love affair could very well begin with a broken radiator, Joachim says. Repair jobs have often led to infidelity in the past, but they always seem to plow through it and stay together somehow. He stresses that people like him, the people on this list, aren't just fetishists. For some people, their car becomes a fetish, which they use to put themselves in the limelight. For the objectum sexual, on the other hand, the car itself and nothing else is the desired sexual partner, and all sexual fantasies and emotions are focused on it. Needless to say, this guy loves to fix things. He realized he had a thing for things when he was 12. He's currently 45. He loves his train like he would a person, according to him. You can reveal yourself to another, or excuse me, you can reveal yourself to an object partner in an intimate way, in a way that you would never reveal yourself to any other person, even experience sexuality together. So this may be a story that you are familiar with because it is bananas in the words of um, Rachel Zoe, right? Bananas. She was the one who always said bananas. Isa Riata Berliner Mauer. I'm going to call her Mauer from now on. Whose surname means Berlin Wall in German. Wed the Berlin Wall in 1979 after being diagnosed with a condition called objectum sexuality. Was this really the only prescription? Berliner Mauer says she fell in love with the structure when she first saw it on television at age seven. She refers to it as he, and she collected his pictures until she could save up enough money to visit him. On her sixth trip in 1979, they tied the knot before a handful of guests. While she technically remains a virgin, she insists she has a full loving relationship with the wall. When the Berlin Wall was brought down in 1989, Berliner Mauer was horrified as she watched her husband being brought down. She has not been back since and now keeps models depicting his former glory. What they did was awful. They mutilated my husband, she said. She has since been said to have shifted her affections to a nearby garden fence. So because the wall doesn't look as good as it did in 1979, you're just going to leave him for another rampart? Apparently, Berliner Mauer partakes in sexual stimulation with this fence by rubbing herself on it. Like a cat in heat, Berliner Mauer said, I find long, slim things with horizontal lines very sexy. The Great Wall of China's attractive, but he's too thick. My husband is sexier. Well, there's nothing really left to say on that one. A man called Sal 9000. This story. Oh, I think I already said this one. Yeah, the the Nintendo DS. He married it online. There's a video. Um, in 2016, in an exhibition in Hong Kong, UK artist Tracy Eamon announced that she had married a rock. Excuse us. An impressive stone, in her own words. The whole thing with the stone is, it's a big stone, right? It's in my garden. It's very nice and very impressive, and I like it a lot. The only thing about the stone is that it could be quite monstrous and scary. Instead, I saw it as a protection thing as opposed to a fearful thing. 
The other thing with the stone is that it's not going anywhere. Even if there's the biggest tsunami in the whole world, the stone will probably still stay there. Maybe it's not a person, but maybe it's an anchor for me, something I can identify with. No matter how mad my life might be or what may happen, that stone is stability and comfort. So literally a rock, like a rock. She has her rock. Okay. Amy Wolf Weber is a church organist who comes from Pennsylvania, and she is married to a roller coaster. The husband in question is an 80-foot gondola ride called 1001 Knots. The 35-year-old woman said she first fell for the ride at the tender age of 13. I was instantly attracted to him sexually and mentally. I wasn't freaked out, as it just felt so natural. But I didn't tell anyone about it because I knew it wasn't normal to have feelings for a fairground ride. Okay, I'm going to touch on this later. I think I have it in my notes. But in cats in particular, there's a parasite that um, if they get it, or excuse me, in mice, if um, the mouse picks up this particular parasite, it rewires their brain so that their fear sensor is actually thinking that their arousal sensor is being turned on. So they will like throw themselves into the mouths of cats. So Maybe this uh, this woman had, um, you know, just like some like hiccup in her brain wiring armchair psychologist here. Um, and, you know, her fear center and arousal center became too commingled. Anyhow, Amy had ridden the ride over 3,000 times before they were married. I guess that's her version of a normal courtship. She sleeps with a picture of the ride on her ceiling and carries spare nuts and bolts from it in her pocket so that they are always together. Just what you like to hear, a fair ride having extra parts. Good one, Ranker. That was good writing. Amy claims they have a fulfilling physical and spiritual relationship, and she doesn't get jealous when other people ride her husband. Oh, and Weber is the name of the ride's manufacturer. Amy changed it after she was married. Oh my goodness, that is too Amy continues, I thought everyone had a connection to objects in one way or the other. It really wasn't until I saw that they were dating each other, and I was dating a bridge, that I was different. I just went to school and pretended I was like everybody else, she said. Her love of objects served her well. She became a world-class archer and won a $250,000 scholarship to the United States Air Force Academy, all thanks to her attraction to the F-15 fighter jet. She said when she saw the F-15, she thought, I'd like to get to know this jet kind of like a guy goes to a bar and he sees a really nice looking girl and he he wants to go sit next to her, buy her a drink and get to know her more. Well, I kind of felt that way about the F-15. Again, a very phallic symbol. I, I, it's, I feel like a shallow dive into her psychology would reveal what the fuck. Again, not judging, just can't comprehend. However, Her love of objects got her discharged from the Air Force, ridiculed by her peers, and abandonment by her family. That's sad. That's when she found true love with the Eiffel Tower. Her structure is just amazing. You know, she's got subtle, subtle curves, you know. That's how Eiffel describes her wife, 
Irika Eiffel participated in a commitment ceremony with the Eiffel Tower. I will tell you that I know love is being reciprocated, Eiffel said. I'm happy. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not hurting myself. I'm not being held back. I love my life. C'est la vie. I guess she really had to burn all her bridges to get to that point. But um, Bollywood movie star and former Miss World Aishwara Rai Re, participated in an ancient Hindu ritual ceremony in which the bride spiritually marries a tree. The ritual is allegedly to help overcome differences in the couple's astrological charts, disparities which traditional Hindus believe have negative consequences on marriage. Under this ancient belief, Rai is considered a manglik because her chart bears the planet Mars and she must be married to a peepal tree, a banana tree, or a silver or golden idol of the Hindu god Vishnu in order to overcome the devastating effects being a manglik could have on her impending nuptials. Ray was also hit with a lawsuit, so it didn't take away all bad luck. She faced a civil lawsuit for practicing the untouchability service, which is associated with the caste system because such ceremonies are in violation of the Indian constitution and are deemed offensive to women. A 46-year-old Taiwanese man, Chang Hisum, said he needed to marry a doll in order to appease the restless spirit of his dead wife. Not even the adult kind of doll most self-respecting weirdos like marrying, more on that later, but a, um, an 11-inch Barbie doll. Apparently, the ceremony was quite elaborate. Barbie's so spoiled with her dream house, the yacht, that he had to show her a better way to live by having the wedding take place at his local Buddhist temple. The man believes the doll houses the spirit of his or the, the doll houses the spirit of his wife, Sai, who killed herself 20 years ago because his family opposed their marriage. This particular one was written with kind of a condescending tone. These aren't my words, I'm just reading it off of rancor. So um, I'll own my condescension when it comes out. So, uh, she killed herself sadly because their families opposed their marriage. According to the news story, the ceremony appeared to be a wedding like any other with the bride's anxious family waiting outside the temple for the groom's arrival beforehand. The bride wore a wedding dress complete with gold jewelry and rings and a gold necklace that belonged to Sai, um, was placed on the doll. Sai's dowry was also included in the ceremony, represented by a paper model of a red Mercedes car. It was then burned so she could use it in the afterlife. How had she been getting around all this time? <laughs> After the wedding, Chang and his new bride returned to their home together with the urn that contained Shah's ashes. He clearly carried her over the threshold. The urn will be placed at their home, and from now on, Sai will be regarded as a member of their family. The groom's family have asked for Sai's forgiveness by giving their blessing to the marriage, thus placating her spirit. Chang Husin said, I have waited for this day for 20 years. Even after all this time, I feel in love with her. Now I will marry her spirit and take her home. We will finally together be able to live in peace. 
But before you get all sentimental, Chang did not spend 20 years alone. He remarried after Sai's death, and his ceremony was carried out with his current wife's blessing. Yes, current wife. He is still married. So after the after the city approved a request from a developer to have a 100-year-old ficus tree demolished in Florida naturally, a Florida woman decided to marry the tree. The 60-year-old Karen Cooper wed the tree, which stands in Snell Family Park in Fort Myers, Florida, on March 24, 2018. This was not a legal ceremony, as there were, were there no priests or rings, but a local DJ and community members showed up to celebrate. According to Cooper, this was mostly an act of protest, as many trees were recently lost in Hurricane Irma. The tree is the focal point of a very sweet neighborhood park, and without it, the park would just be a vacant lot, she said. Cooper hopes marrying the tree will call attention to its importance and keep it from getting cut down. It's always good to have self-confidence, and people really should learn to love themselves and all, but this man is taking it to an extreme. 39-year-old Chinese man, Li Yu, uh, wait, Lu Yi, married a life-sized cutout photo of himself wearing a red bridal gown. Yi said he was dissatisfied with reality, so he married himself. Makes perfect sense. Have you heard of incel? The wedding took place in the square of Guangzhou, Guangzhou, Guangzhou village before friends and weirded out local villagers. All of the ancient Chinese wedding traditions were honored, including the bride kowtowing to heaven and earth, to ancestors and to the elderly aged 90 and over. Bride and groom made the traditional rounds of toasting guests during the banquet, remarked one guest. It is a real grand wedding, except that the bride is a photo. Oh, just that one little thing. Self-described as an angry Chinese youth at best, Yi denies he is gay, but does admit to being a little bit narcissistic. Yi said, marrying myself is a process of deconstructing and reconstructing myself. I make use of the wedding to reconsider opposite-sex marriage. My behavior seems ridiculous, but I am traditional and conservative in heart, so the wedding ceremony is traditional. Yeah, totally conservative and traditional. So, Bill Rifka is a 35-year-old psychology student who is in a committed relationship with an iBook. Boy, signing your life away to one laptop, the temptation must be overwhelming to cheat, and normal married men say monogamy is difficult. They've got nothing on Bill. While most men look at porn sites, Bill looks at eBay and says, I've often flirted with many a sweet laptop on eBay and felt true desire, but he never strays, like any other person that suffer, suffers from objectum uh, sexuals, uh, OSs, Rufika gave a gender to his object. To me, my Mac is male. I'm living in a homosexual relationship, so to speak. Not that there's anything wrong with that. When Dave Cat married a sex doll in 2000, he said, she provides me with a lot of things that I can't get out of an organic partner, like quiet. Not to be rude, but there's a good chance Dave spent many a night with nothing but quiet. When you make the cognitive decision to marry a sex doll, it's an easy jump to assume the ladies are banging down your door on the regular, right? 
So you go ahead and put the blame on the fact that women talk too much and not that you can't get a girl with a pulse, but, you know, whatever, Dave Cat. Meow. A British woman who goes by the name Emma, because she wishes to remain anonymous, says she is in love with a hi-fi system, which she calls Jake. Jake, she says, is solid, reliable, and beautiful. She repairs him when he goes wrong and makes love to him on average twice a day. Emma is a bit of a loner, but says, I would like to meet more people and have friends, she says, but I just think it is too difficult now. I am scared they will reject me. Oh, that's a sad one. So I'll put on my armchair psychologist hat and say that um, these are some lonely people looking for validation and love. Um, There's probably a sprinkle of mental illness in there too. I'm not shaming anyone. I'm truly fascinated with how the mind can work in such quirky ways sometimes. Like, Oh, the mice. I referenced it earlier. Like the mice that get infected with this um, particular parasite and that makes them love cats. Not like I'm not afraid of cats anymore. They love cats. So they essentially um, like re have their brains like rewired so that when they feel fear, they are actually feeling arousal. Um, and so that arousal, you know, of course leads to attraction. So the mouse essentially like throws themselves at the cat and then, you know, gets killed as the Queens would say. Um, and it's just something that fucking happens when this parasite, you know, infects the brain. So, you know, the brain complex as fuck who knew, right? So I am not encouraging a lifestyle style. I'm not discouraging a lifestyle. I'm simply opening up the conversation. I'm not here to yuck anyone's yums, as the kids would say. Also, this is one fetish in the sexual realm that I plan to cover. So please, if you're dying to learn about hybrid dysphilia or paraphilic infantilism, please subscribe. And while you're there, I'd greatly appreciate if you'd rate and review. Thanks for listening. A couple of people have asked me if I would do a Q&A because I haven't given a lot of background as to why I'm doing this podcast. Short answer, I would love to do that, but I now need eight or so more people to send me questions to justify doing so. So if you have any questions, please get in contact on Twitter at SMTaboo. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Ashley, the host of Taboo and Murder. While breaking the taboos around sex, we will cover female masturbation, female sexuality, and the even more societal taboos like hybristophilia or paraphilic infantilism. I will not cover pedophilia for obvious reasons. If you have any sex-related topic suggestions for the series, please reach out on Twitter at SMTaboo. Thanks for listening.